It is Thursday, the 19th of November, 2020. Uh, November 19th is a uh, fucking shitty day. Mentioned on Monday that today would mark five years since my father had passed away. Uh, I've talked about that and him uh, numerous times, uh, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit more today uh, just because... Uh, my father was a, he was a great dad. Honestly, I, I have never met anyone who worked harder than he did. And I'm sure you're going to hear that. You can probably hear that from a lot of different people, but I'm, I'm certain of it. Uh, the guy busted his ass to make sure that uh, myself, my brother and my mother had, um, you know, roof over our heads and ton of, uh, shitty food to make me fat. Um, but you know, he, he handed down the trait of having a, uh, a shitload of random jobs. Um, that trait is something that he passed on to me for some ungodly reason, but, uh, he busted his ass. He, he, he had a work ethic unlike anybody I've ever met. My brother got some of those genes, uh, you know, I got it a little bit, I don't think to the same extent, but, uh, another thing is that he was horrific with money, just awful. Another trait that he passed down to me. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize it that much when I was a kid, but he was always getting mixed up in these like, uh, you know, infomercial shit, weird investment opportunities with his friends, the occasional get rich quick scheme. Uh, you know, and I, I always believe that he did these things for us. And while I, I used to give him shit for all that crap, I've come to really appreciate the efforts that he made to make sure that we never went without, uh, he was always, you know, my brother and I were always playing sports and he was at all of our games or most of our games. And I think he thoroughly enjoyed being a father. He would always tell me that he was proud of me for, for literally anything. Like, the most fucking uh, asinine things. I remember like when I uh, started working with the, the baseball team down in Plymouth, he had told me that. He said, I'm proud of you. I'm like, Dad, I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm a fucking unpaid 35-year-old intern. <laughs> but he um, always said that. And it was something that you know, I, I just, it, it never really hit me it, until uh, he had, he was gone. So uh, I have a ton of regrets, a ton. But one that will always haunt me is that I didn't really, I, I don't think I appreciated him enough until I was in my, my late 20s, maybe, probably my early 30s. Um, I didn't, I just didn't spend the time with him that I, should have mainly because I was a, a selfish asshole still am. Um, but as, you know, as I got older, I, I began to realize, uh, you know, look, he, he's a good guy. He's good. It's not that I didn't think that way when I was a kid. I didn't. It's just that I was a kid stupid, you know, in most of my twenties, I was fucking dumb. Um, so, you know, he, uh, and the thing is he never, 
he never gave me any grief for like the all the dumb shit that I did. And I didn't, you know, it's not like I was doing anything wrong, but just doing dumb shit like, you know, quitting this job and go for another job and then quitting that one. Crap like that, you know. He never he never gave me grief for it. You know, he was disappointed. It was the time I like right after high school I went out to college in Pittsburgh and I, I lasted about an hour and a half. And he was incredibly disappointed, but he, you know, never actually said to me, Hey, I'm I'm disappointed. Um he made it pretty he made it pretty clear, really, but you know, his I really think his whole thing was that he just wanted to make sure that I was doing what I wanted to be doing. He didn't want me to. He didn't want me to be a fuck up. Let's let's be real. But um, you know, it 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 just took a while for me, and it's it's something that it really bothers me to this day. So, but when he got sick, uh, I made it a point to make sure that regardless of what I was doing, that I would be there for him and be there for my mother and and to help with anything that they needed over the. It ended up being a couple years, probably maybe a year and a half or so. Um, cancer is a fucker, man. It really is. Anything that, that fucking robs you of the ability of dying with any sort of dignity, it really is, you know, all these things. But cancer is different, and it just it can happen fucking anywhere in your body, and it, it really, it just fucking strings you along never shows you how truly awful it is until it's too late. Like we had, we had hopes that, you know, he would be able to, to beat this cancer, but we didn't really, that's the other thing too, especially these rare ones. You don't know what the fuck it is. You know, the doctor will try to explain it to you and it's like, what? But, um, yeah, I just, my, my hope is that, you know, the last few months that, that he was around, I just hope that he knew um, how much I, I did love him. So, um, I miss him terribly. I miss him all the time. <clears throat> and I'm, you know, I'm no different than, than anybody else who's lost a parent. And, uh... But just don't, you know, if your parents are still around, don't be a prick. Don't be selfish. Don't be, uh, just, even if you, you just have to let them know, like, hey, look, I appreciate what you've done for me. Even if they really didn't do a ton, you know, I can think of a few dads who didn't, but, uh, you know, even if they didn't let them know, you know, you can fake it, pretend because when they're gone, you'll regret it. I can promise you that. Ah, I got out of hand. Um, this is episode number 51, and I promise no more crying on podcasts. That was it. Uh, episode 51 of Complaints and Observations. 
the greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? All right. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> got off to a bit of a late start today. Uh, we had the landscapers come by to clean up all the fucking leaves in the yard and take care of a couple other things that needed to be done. Um, so I just had to kind of keep an eye on things. And it's the first time they were here, so... Wanted to be that guy, you know, the one that keeps an eye on the workers. But, um, yeah, so. Recording this later than I usually do. Hopefully, that means a more coherent, cognizant show. Unlike the last one, which... What the fuck was I doing there, huh? Good grief. Um, but yeah, you know, interesting week thus far, let's say a couple things that I, that I wanted to talk about. Um, and then, you know, one thing specifically that I don't really want to talk about, but I'm going to anyway, uh, first and foremost, the NBA draft last night, huh? Oof. Wow. Star studded affair. Not really. First draft in a long time that I can remember where. Uh, there was like no excitement, nothing. And obviously, I think what's going on currently on planet Earth is part of the problem. But at the same time, I think the bigger part of the problem is that there was no superstars. Like there's nobody that got drafted that, that was a surefire all-star moving forward. And of course, your Boston Celtics are, are having played the game over the course of the last few years, compiled some picks. Down, you know, a few years ago, you think, well, hey, 2020, three first-round picks. Well, you had three first-round picks in the worst draft in the last 20 years. So congratulations, Danny Ainge. Nicely done. What can you fucking do? You don't, you don't know what you can do. You play the game. You try to improve without, you know, uh, paying out the ass for free agents, and, and this is what happened. So last night, <clears throat> they took two shooters and a yam. Uh, all in all, not bad. First pick they got is this kid Aaron Neesmith, went to Vandy, can shoot like hell. Terrific. Uh, the other kid, Peyton Pritchard, whose name sounds like a state senator from a gentrified rural area. But uh, he's another guy who can shoot like hell, a point guard. If Ainge wasn't going to give up all three of these first rounders and likely one, two, or three more future first rounders, he's he wasn't going to get a top-of-the-line bench veteran or move into the top 10. So he went with the next best thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> Whew. That's me choking on bullshit. I <clears throat> uh, went with the next best thing and, and tried to add some, some scoring, some shooting off the bench, and he did that. And look, that's what this team needed. If you watch them in the playoffs at all, you know... 
especially against the Heat. They had nothing coming off the bench. And so, you know, look, do you expect either of these kids to be a star? No. But just like any other draft, it's a it's a fucking crapshoot. And who the hell knows? Like, one of these kids could end up being a fucking all-star. You don't know that. There, there are people, there are players, that when you watch them, you know they're going to be good. But it's they're few and far between. Guys that are good in college, does, it does not necessarily and exactly translate to the NBA or the NFL or Major League Baseball or NHL, whatever. It just it doesn't, that's not how it works. The more intriguing pick, however, last night was Yam Mater. I believe it's pronounced Yam, but it's spelled Yam. And I fucking love it. This kid from Israel, uh, being the international draft guru that I am, uh, I am buying whatever hype green teamers are going to conjure up with this kid. Uh, First, his name is Yam, which is great. And second, the two YouTube videos that I watched this morning, he looks pretty good. Granted, it was uh, a U-20 tournament, a European U-20 tournament, an Israeli league competition, but still. He'd look good. You know, good point guard from what, from what I mean. 6'2". He's only 19. So, you know, you think maybe he gets up to 6'3", 6'4". Good size for a point guard. Can move the ball. Uh, flashy. Uh, the first video that I watched, uh, the, the person who was uh, being interviewed called him the European Steph Curry. Oh, boy. You got to slow down a bit. <clears throat> And apparently it had nothing to do with his shooting, more so with his passing. Uh, because I guess he can't shoot. Well, not he can't shoot, it's just he's got a weird shot. Which, you know, if... if <laughs> this is the problem with the NBA. If you have a weird shot, everyone's going to think you stink. It's somewhat accurate, but, you know, it's not entirely accurate, is it? <clears throat> Boy. Uh, but I mean, they took him in the second round, so why the fuck not? Second round flyer? That's a stat, that's a draft and stash dream. You know? Uh, he's, he's not going to come over right away. He's still in the Israeli army. Uh, that's a uh, discussion for another day. Uh, but honestly, why not? I wish they had kept the pick that they traded. They traded the, I think it was 30. Traded away for two future second-round picks, but I wish he had done the same and drafted an, another international kid. I mean, it makes sense, right? Why not? Snuck that lousy commercial in uh, on you, huh? You like that? Slick. Yeah, I'm gonna get rid of the commercials. I think I mentioned this last show. Uh, I'm up to thirteen bucks that I've earned uh, with the program, so very excited. Um, Actually, sorry, $12.96. So the the supporter that I had for $0.99 per month, uh, the supporter bailed after one month. (laughs) Rightfully so. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention, because I I didn't mention it the other day, was uh, the Red Sox bringing back Alex Cora. And what sparked my... Uh, thought was uh, another dumb picture of Alex Cora walking over the bridge, uh, the Mass Pike Bridge there. I know it has a name. I can't remember it at the moment because I'm an idiot. Uh, but walking over the bridge headed towards Fenway Park. 
like he did, they did this once before, and it seems like this is like the new fucking Boston media thing is to take a picture of the manager walking across the bridge for some fucking reason. Like, who cares? What's the big deal? The media loves it, and like I find it quite sad. Like the manager of the Red Sox can't find a fucking parking spot near Fenway. I mean, look, we all know it's tough. Uh, the Ipswich Street Garage is a great place to park. It's also a great place to get laid. The more you know. I didn't talk about this the other day, but I'm, you know, I'm glad the guy's back. He's the right man for the job. He fits in perfectly. Uh, the team knows him. I don't see how it's a problem. Uh, the the demographics of baseball have changed, so you need to change the leadership of the baseball team. It, you can't. The sixty-year-old white guy doesn't work in baseball anymore. If the if the sixty-year-old white guy was a is a former player and a successful former player, then maybe it works. But just the random old guy manager that doesn't fly anymore. It just doesn't work. And it's not you know. I don't think there's anything more to it other than how does he relate to players? How does he relate to his players? Uh, you know, the the whole the the job has changed so much that strategy is second to actually player personnel, managing the personnel. That's second now behind strategy because all these fucking teams have dictated strategies from the front office of how they're going to play the game. The Red Sox are about to get even worse at that whole fucking strategic bullshit. And look, uh, no one no one cares about the fucking cheating. The only people that care about the cheating are, are the, the upper echelon of the baseball fan demographic, the 55-plus uh, whiny still hold baseball in, in this like as if it's the the American pastime uh, fuck off with that crap like that, that ship has sailed and I love baseball but that's that doesn't exist anymore it's not the national pastime anymore there's 50,000 national pastimes now so I don't care about the cheating thing uh, everyone in every fucking sport nowadays cheats in some regard. It's just how the game is. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. He was just part of a group dumb enough to get fucking caught. That was the problem. Tony La Russa. He's another cheater. That guy fucking guzzles vodka and gets his geriatric ass behind the wheel. Cheater. Different kind of cheating, but still a cheater nonetheless. The White Sox are run by fucking morons, just as an aside. That, too, is another topic for another show. Um, yeah, and I know I've talked about Tony LaRusso in the past, but in a completely different fucked-up context. But there you go. Tony LaRusso is old. That's it. <laughs> um, another aside, I saw a tweet today from Paulie Shore. Uh, someone that I... No, it wasn't. It wasn't a tweet, was it? Don't get your fucking social media confused, David. God, it's Instagram. It's an Instagram story. Someone that I follow on Instagram posted uh, in his story an Instagram post from Pauly Shore. <clears throat> it's a picture of him, Brendan Fraser, and Sean Astin from 1992 on the set of Encino Man. The caption 
is Pauly Shore asking fans to contact Disney about making Encino Man 2. Woo, what? Encino Man came out in 1992, which was 28 years ago. In 1992, Encino Man was a funny movie. I don't know what's going on with my throat. I apologize. I've been I've been uh, smoking this like CBD uh, stuff over the last couple of days to try to help my brain. I think it's killing my throat. But what would that? What would Encino Man Two be like? Have you seen fucking Brendan Fraser lately? One apparently this guy hasn't worked. Because he accused uh, the president of the Hollywood Foreign Press of sexual harassment. Yeah, that's true, according to Wikipedia, which is always true. I looked into it, and it's legit. This was this legitimately happened, um, and he claims that between that, his divorce, and the death of his mother, he went into a. Uh, downward spiral of depression back in the early 2000s. Um, Apparently, the rest of Hollywood is not too pleased at this accusation, so he hasn't worked. What a shame. It sucks. But, going back to what I said, have you seen Brendan Fraser? He looks like he was fucking stung by a bee and can't get to an EpiPen, so uh, Link would be this caveman in his 50s with raging type 2 diabetes and kids he probably hates. That would be the main character. What the fuck are they... They can't do it. What are they going to do? How do they change that? Unless they just make him Brendan Fraser. Like that, I think that would be kind of funny if Link from Encino Man grew up and became Brendan Fraser. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Uh, Stoney would be the same guy, but you know his bullshit wouldn't be funny anymore. It would just be annoying. Or he'd be managing a uh, a very successful large scale uh, grow operation in Northern California, and he's like lived he's lived on the farm for years and is completely unaware of the change in uh, uh, acceptance for marijuana. So he still is like super clandestine. He's still like afraid of fucking everything. Meanwhile, like his wife or his sister or something has has made the business completely legit, but they don't want to tell Stoney because then he, he you know, he'd be like, ah, fuck the man. Some shit like that, you know? So that's the gag with Stoney is he's gone legit, but he doesn't know it because he's stoned all the time. And then Sean Astin would just play a, a doting father because that's what he what he does now. Look, don't get me wrong, I'd I'd watch that shit for sure, but does the world really need Encino Man 2? Unlikely. I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Disney will start getting flooded with tweets and messages and emails about Encino Man 2. And the person on the other end would be like, what the fuck are they talking about? What the f- Who the fuck is Pauly Shore? Who are these people? What do they want? 
next thing you know, there's a big, uh, a bigger social media push. Xeno Man 2 gets made, and uh, I'm the only one who watches it. All right, so as much as I don't want to talk about this, um, it is sort of the general theme behind uh, the uh, the impetus, if you will, of, of the podcast to begin with, and that's the continuing, ongoing global pandemic. Blah, 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 blah. Ugh. Uh, I've talked about this dozens of times on the show, and I continue to not understand the reluctance of a great number of people in this country that seem to, uh, that just don't want to take this thing serious. Um, and, and sort of the not being able to put an end to all the bullshit that we've had to deal with over the course of the last, uh, what's it, eight months? There isn't a single person who has said, quote, fake quote, I love being told to stay in the house and not socialize, end quote. It's not entirely accurate. Because, personally, I didn't hate it all that much, to be fair. But that's just me. Nobody likes to be told what to do by the government, right? Um, but, I mean, look, there's a series of laws that people don't like and a series of... Uh, you know, different suggestions that the government has made over the years. Uh, it's just now, this whole thing has become so politicized. And there's a growing sense on one side of the argument that those in power don't care at all about the citizenry. Uh, it's becoming unbearable. I find it hard to believe that there isn't one public servant who doesn't like, I don't know, serving the public caring about the public is it is it uh, a majority of them probably not the old adage of a few bad apples spoils the bunch is entirely accurate and in this case those bad apples somehow end up being the, the ones most visibly rotten which makes everyone stop trusting apples altogether it's a bad analogy but whatever in this case, it seems that presenting science seems to be looked upon as a weakness, actual research, a weakness, empathy, a weakness. And it, it's maddening. It just keeps going. Having a piece of cloth over your face is nothing but a minor inconvenience. But to the Facebook crowd, uh, that piece of cloth is stripping them of their personal liberties. I, I mean, honestly, I'm at a loss as to how how that is is rationalized in people's brains. Um, and I wish I could come up with an analogy to say, well, you know, would you do this if they told you to do it? But I can't. Because, look, I understand there's an argument for everything. It's the basis of the program, essentially. You know, complaining about shit, seeing what's going on, talking about it. That's the whole idea of the program. But the thing that gets me is like, hey, here's this thing 
that, look, we have a very good idea that if everybody does this, we can have this shit under control. To me, it seems fairly logical to, to hear that and to look at that and say, oh, okay, I'll do that. I'll put the fucking piece of cloth over my face and move on. Go continue about my day, do what I need to do. And look, it's gonna, it, it affects people in different ways, just like everything else. But, you know, the government asks its citizens to help protect their neighbors, neighbors, and Vanilla Isis is all like, it ain't my job to help nobody else. Mm. Yes, okay, thank you, uh, phony, rugged individualism. Uh, get back to me when, you know, you're in your 60s or 70s and you suddenly need, you know, long-term care, Medicaid to stay in a nursing home or something like that. You know, just spare me the bullshit. The thing that's currently got my craw is that this thing is spreading like fucking crazy in the Midwest. And all these fucking cowpoke governors who were busy putting on their fucking knee pads to suck off the president are now faced with an unruly public health crisis. A legitimate one. Because in some of these states, for example, the Dakotas, Wyoming, Nebraska, they don't have the... um, trying to think of the right word they don't have the 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 volume of healthcare facilities the infrastructure if you will uh to care for uh this many people with this type of problem they have about fucking eight icu beds between them and right now have a a, a roughly 20 percent positivity rate here's the other thing okay you can fucking tell me to your blue in the face oh well you know uh, not everybody gets it. Uh, it's up to you if you want to do this. And that's right. But again, how fucking difficult is it to give a shit about somebody else? It takes nothing. And so now we have these problems that are just going to mount. They're just going to get bigger and bigger. They're all going to stack on top of each other like shit. There are not enough nurses, doctors, lower level healthcare workers to handle this shit, not just in these fucking backwater rural shitholes, but in other places in the country. I heard an interview the other day on NPR. Yeah, fucking NPR. That's the fucking telltale sign that you're old as fuck when you say, yeah, I heard it on NPR. Fuck. Anyway, this interview was with an ER doctor in Arizona who was talking about the growing number of cases there and how it's affected his hospital. He mentioned walking in earlier this week with 35 patients in their waiting room with a variety of ailments, the Rona included, and some waiting hours because there wasn't enough staff to treat them. It's just they don't have the numbers to fucking handle this shit. He also mentioned there was something like 18 beds empty at the time for the same reason. They don't have the number of nurses to actually serve these fucking sick people. And it's look, right now, if you are in one of these areas and you have a heart attack, what the fuck do you do? If you're in fucking South Dakota and you have a heart attack and you have to go to the hospital, what's going to fucking happen? You're going to sit in the fucking waiting room. That's what's going to happen. 
how bad is your heart attack? Well, you know, uh, I, I'm here. I, I, I was able to, to get a ride over. Okay, well, you know, sit down, have a seat. Yeah, there's a lot of people ahead of you. I mean, am I, am I so far gone that that's not a reasonable expectation of something to happen in a place like that? I don't think so. And all because you had to fucking, you know, you had to be a fucking tough guy. You know, I don't want to put mask mandates and I don't want to tell my fucking people, hey, don't be stupid. Put something on your face, be inconvenienced slightly for a short period of time, which look, that's what this is. It's eight months. Do you want to keep this going for another eight months? Do you want to keep this going for 18 months? No, nobody does. Nobody fucking wants that. That same interview, this particular doctor said that he's talking about his particular area and then other areas around him, the dwindling numbers of healthcare workers. In regions affected by the initial surge back in March, April, May, uh, these people are just fucking plain burnt out. Suffering from PTSD-like symptoms, uh, all kinds of crazy psychological problems and ultimately leaving the profession. Why would you not? Can you blame them? No. All that death and suffering can't be healthy at all. Why would you want to treat people who in some cases don't want to treat themselves? It has to be frustrating for that end of the conversation when you have a nurse who has to deal with somebody who, you know, will will say on their deathbed that they didn't that they don't want to wear a mask. Like, what the fuck do you do? I mean, you gotta, you have to help them. That's how it goes. But, I mean, heaven forbid people are asked to wear a fucking mask and, and not have giant gatherings for the sake of their own fucking selfish beliefs. And look, it's mostly, it's mostly coming from the right. We are a, a politically agnostic podcast, but... It's mostly coming from the right. However, there's the flip side of things. People that are making these rules and mandates and then breaking said mandates are showing their true colors. I said earlier that there are indeed some public servants that truly care about the public, but Gavin Newsom sure as fuck doesn't. Nancy Pelosi probably doesn't. Jim Kenney doesn't. These fucking people, like Jim Kenney, who's the mayor of Philadelphia, like... This fucking jerk-off walks down Philadelphia, gets in his car, goes to Maryland, and has dinner. Like, what? What? Then has the fucking balls to say, well, that particular county, there were only 800 uh, cases, whereas in Philadelphia, there were 330,000. Yeah, no fucking shit, you dumbass. That's your fucking responsibility, buddy. Holy fuck. Like... What the fuck are you doing? The two-faced bullshit doesn't just come from one side here, okay? Uh, It it blows... Again, I keep saying this, but it blows my fucking mind. The optics on this are so fucking bad. I saw an interview um, posted on Instagram uh, of Dave Portnoy, who... You know, I love Dave Portnoy. I shouldn't say that. I, I really like Dave Portnoy. He's a very, very smart guy. But he's fucking, he's on TV with Tucker Carlson, who's a fucking shitbag personified. And they're having this conversation in the way that, you know, and he's like, look, 
You can't fucking make a rule and then break your own rule. That's not how this fucking works. The rest of the world can somehow seem to get a fucking lid on this thing. Or or at least take the lid out of the fucking drawer and try to put it on the fucking boiling cauldron of bullshit. But we, the greatest country on earth, right? Can't seem to put aside petty differences for the benefit of everybody. I still can't understand it. And it's just fucking sad. It's frustrating. It makes no goddamn sense to me at all. Sit back and wait for these vaccines to roll in and then for the same anti-mask Facebook crowd to scream about that too. Because that's coming. Get fucking ready. It'll, it's always something. There always needs to be something for these fucking people to be afraid of and to be angry at. It'll never fucking end. One thing will stop. They'll find something else. That's just how it goes. But then the other side, they're just so fucking stupid and clueless. You can't win. There's no winning in this argument. It's impossible. Except you can have some uh, common sense. Uh, You can put the mask on your face and you can go about your day. While you're at it, support your local business. Don't buy shit from Amazon if you you can't help it. Uh, I'm a hypocrite because I've been buying stuff from Amazon I hate it. But. Yeah, there is no but. That, that's just it. I'm a hypocrite. I'm supporting local business. I read something about DoorDash the other day. Uh, I'm done with DoorDash. Uh, not happy with those folks. I wasn't really fond of them anyway. Former client of mine, DoorDash. And, uh... You know, the dealings that DoorDash and I had, I, I'll, you know, the people that I had to deal with were uh, very uppity, very weird that the people that they hire at DoorDash, I don't get it. But the way that they treat their uh, dashers is pretty fucking shitty. So if you do have to use DoorDash, make sure you tip these fucking people, tip them in cash. Because who the fuck knows uh, what DoorDash is doing with those tips. But if you can help it, uh, just go and pick up your own shit. That's it. Uh, that's that's the rant. That's the rant I didn't want to do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I started typing out the argument, and it went in 12,000 different directions. I cut so much shit out. I didn't want to fucking talk about the Rona for 20 fucking minutes. We're all sick of it. That opinion, everything I just said has been spouted dozens of other times by dozens of other people. There's nothing special about it at all. But... um. What else do I want to talk about? I have no idea. I could talk about... um, Yeah, I don't know. I could probably talk about a lot of shit. But I'm not... uh, I'm not prepared. That's where the script ends. The end of the the rant is where the script ends. (laughs) 
This is a downside of being prepared, you know? You get prepared, you write shit out, and then you're sitting here scrolling on Twitter, uh, waiting to see something stupid like, like fucking... <laughs> Rudy fucking Giuliani. What is this poor man doing? It's got to be dementia. Oh, God. I feel bad for the man. I really do. How could you not? I think he's a fucking sociopath, but goddamn. It's, it's it's beyond sad at this point. He has a news conference today, and he's sweating his balls off. And he's got fucking, like, uh, hair dye dripping down his fucking face. Oh, it's just brutal. That's that's a that's a good way to end the show, huh? That's a great band name, Giuliani's Hair Dye. I want to do a whole segment about fake band names. Uh, I have a ton. My friends have a ton. At one point, I wanted to. I think I've mentioned this before. At one point, I wanted to do a Twitter feed called Trump Band Names, just taking phrases in his tweets. And uh, turning it into a band name. It's never-ending content. Uh, the amount of dumb shit that he has fucking spewed, you could you could take all kinds of crap out of there. But honestly, you can take that kind of crap out of anything. The only problem is there are no bands anymore. No bands. People People don't listen to bands anymore. Kids don't like instruments. For some weird reason. Don't get it. They like, uh, you know, DJs that can push buttons. And then what comes out of it is sounds of instruments. Actual instruments? No way. Get that crap out of here. Talent? Get out of here. Skill? No. You want the easy way out. It's like that jerk off that I was talking about the other day. Rit Momney. Get the fuck out. Ugh. Anyways, that'll do it for the show. Short show today. Uh, this will be the uh, the last of the um, twice a week programming here on Complaints and Observations. As I uh, begin my uh, new full-time employment on Monday, I think I'm going to... Uh, I think I'll record Tuesday night with the release of the program Wednesday morning. Um, seeing as Thursday is a holy day. It's not really a holy day, but you get my point. And then the following week is vacation week for yours truly. As of right now, we are still going on vacation. We have to jump through 8,000 hoops to do it, but we're still going to fucking go. Whoop. Yeah, smash the microphone. Hope you like that loud noise. This is what, you know, again, I I'm, I, ha- ugh, I can't complain about this fucking crap. <laughs> I just can't stand the setup down here. It is just not conducive for any of this stuff. Oh, boy. I really, I'm hoping against hope that... Eventually, this all works out in terms of space for myself and for this program and future podcasts. Because I like I like podcasting. I think it's kind of fun. 
should keep this up for a while, even though I'm, I think I'm out of the, the general podcasting demographic. That's okay. To carve my own, you know, carve my own path. I've made 13 bucks in eight plus months, right? Has it been eight plus months? Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Seven, seven, seven time, man. It's a fucker. Um, but yeah, that, that'll do it for the show. I will talk to all you folks next week. Uh, the usual, uh, nonsense to wrap up the show. If you would like to be on the show, let me know. Uh, hope to have another guest in a, in a couple of weeks. I love the guest spots, trying to get more, uh, you know, pseudo associate producer, Dave Altman. Thank you very much. He's, uh, trying to line up another interview for me, which is phenomenal. Looking forward to that one. Uh, if you want to be on the show, please let me know. Shoot me a text if you have my number. Let's talk. Uh, if you have my regular email address, shoot me an email there. You want to go to the show email, it's showmail at complaintsandobservations.com. I have a Twitter page at complaintspod, and I have an Instagram page at complaintspod. I have a Facebook page, but I don't really use it, so fuck Facebook. I also have a YouTube page that I don't really use because I'm lazy and don't have a camera. The, the f- camera phone doesn't really fly with the YouTube probably works fine but i'm too stupid to figure it out uh if you want to call leave a voicemail 617-65-RIP-EM 617-65-RIP-EM give me a call tell me i'm terrible tell me i'm great tell me something tell your friends it's a it's a request that i that i say every week uh, to my four listeners and I'm starting to listen, I'm starting to guess, I should say, that all four are complete and total losers, which would make sense if they're listening to my program. Uh, but that'll do. Thank you, as always. I appreciate your time. Uh, take care of yourself. Please take care of others. Godspeed. Ta-ta. One last thing before I let y'all go. Two last things. One, the word y'all is fucking terrible. I hate myself for using that. Second, Papa Gino's. Oh, boy. Papa Gino's got a lot of gall, all right? I made a, a point about simply having a wonderful Christmas time being played incessantly at the jukeboxes at Papa Gino's. On Twitter, the Complaints Pod Twitter feed. Papa Gino's, what's your deal? <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I, I, I responded. I said, I got a like by Papa Gino's on a tweet when I mentioned their amazing old jukeboxes. That's great. And then I said, Would you like a tweet where I said that their pizza has taken a nosedive since they changed the cheese about 10 years ago? We shall see. And they replied with a gif of Jonah Hill in some movie that I don't recognize. And now, now my, now this is in my craw. Papa Gino's. This means war. This is a gif war, Papa Gino's. 
all four of my listeners, all four of my Twitter followers are going to be all up in your grill shitting on your pizza. It's coming. So get ready. Get ready for the fucking fury, Papa Gino's. Then maybe you'll put better cheese on your fucking shitty pizza. Good day to you.